if we expected some drama to go down at this funeral in regards to Ralph, and just to be clear, we all expected it too. The show was like, here's his sexy looking face. Remember, he was fine. And then... You're listening to that blessed and highly flavored podcast. It's only because a nigga bless. Welcome back to Black Oak Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for another episode, the penultimate episode of the miniseries, Years and Years. This is episode five, written by Russell T. Davies and directed by Lisa Malakafi? Malakai? one or the other i gave this episode a 9.8 out of 10 i really enjoyed it talk about the fall of stephen lyon just a dark tale all around kind of expected in particular after the news came that daniel was dead i was thinking which family member is gonna go into the deep end and of course it would be the one that is not only the eldest but the one that had to fall the furthest and who in the beginning of the series seemed to be very much winning in life to the standards of what one would call winning so that's a very diabolical turn that i appreciate seeing even though I do not approve whatsoever. There were some twists in this episode and some very heartwarming moments, small though they were, throughout many of the family members. And I am really going to be sad to see this family off of my screens because I've become very fond of them. And even with their flaws they still love each other a great deal but you can see as time is passing especially after a tragedy that things are a little splintered between the them and i have a feeling that in episode five there's going to be an eruption that is gonna be long past due on some things that are unsaid and should be said because we don't ever want to go to our graves not saying the things that we wanted to and the conversations that we wish we had had when we're mourning someone so viv rook is how we begin this episode at a rally and she is pointing out that the left is in chaos the right is the world in flames china is rising oh the horror but we're doing fine offering nonsensical platitudes while many cheer her on and the saying are sitting around going what the hell we don't need to beat a dead horse but we have been there right (laughs) so what does the fourth party actually stand for a radio host wonders many people are making a stand and then they are promptly disappeared it's the empire all over again christmas time the family is very sad still very much mourning daniel 
they are still not processing his death with muriel really mentally shook and unsteady we find out a little bit later what's going on with that and and unable to give the toe so steven does so let's talk about a he actually brought elaine that's her name but then i thought how could he not she wasn't gonna let him go alone and he selfishly would want someone there for him and it does feel as if bethany and mom while they still love him they do not at all in a lot of ways respect the person that he has become or allowed himself to become due to the awful thing which is the loss of their million pounds all the money the security that they had he feels it very personally even though it was an accident or not even an accident it was an unfortunate situation that would have never been predicted and as much as as i think i was saying in that episode it could feel as if you know this is my fault because i should have moved the money around there's as i was stating no reason to wake up in the morning and not expect your check to be in your your checking account that's what your job does you you are trusting in the same routine that has been the same routine since the last however many years or this is the way that that getting paid on friday works and thus one can't then take full responsibility for life happening and sometimes it's just fucked up but of course he himself is stuck on that concept idea and while celeste was certainly angry about it and bitter i think she eventually allowed herself to move forward and really never blamed him for it like she knew it was a terrible thing that happened but now we have to do this other thing and when everything else fails there's supposed to be family right family and love are things that are important they have a home (laughs) they have a roof over their head things could be a lot worse because every time they say they're broke i'm like "Ah." (laughs) you ain't broke broke you seem to be eating rather well you know (laughs) you ain't eating fried bologna sandwiches or some ramen noodles or things out of a can that you don't even know what it is but you just have to put it like "Mm." that whole conversation about being broke always gets me every time but i digress because while he is at this table giving this lovely speech to his dead brother he is also very much staring at his wife singing aaron hall i miss you i'm talking to you baby i miss you from the bottom of my heart to the depths of my soul baby i miss you that was my jam but she uh is kind of giving him some eyeballs too but she got too much pride to ever 
but she still loves him of course she does she's not the one that cheated and he also didn't join the toast to victor and then we find out why in the next scene where he goes to visit victor who is in a housing unit in a refugee center unable to be deported back to ukraine because relations between britain and russia are very bad as many people believe all of their issues are to blame on russia that sounds like every time that man named trump steps out of his office all he can say is it's china so russia is their china (laughs) and they don't have a very good relationship and then we see the flashback to that day and it's as awful as i thought because they left us on that cliffhanger of them banging on the door we have rosie who's yelling at victor then comforting him mostly yelling because he wouldn't open the goddamn door muriel is just crying edith we find out had a lot to be shell-shocked and feeling really guilty about and then steven he has fallen Uh, this hit him so very 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 hard (laughs) i mean he was the only one that really like everyone else they really mourn they mourned their father but they also was more like the man that donated the sperm that made us and who did haphazardly raise us at some point until he ran off and became a different person and then you have steven who really never got over the fact that his father didn't love him anymore he still loved him with the same fever and despite his father not loving him back even enough to leave him anything when he died he still felt all of that despite that and i think that also it that's why edith was looking at him that kind of way when he ran over that bike even though everybody was like yeah i feel this that deep-seated rage as well and then his he loses his brother and something that sounds insane like he drowned how do you that's so like the many things that could kill you the thing that you wouldn't think would kill you kills you and it doesn't make sense to him and that's creating even more of this depression because he definitely has that does not have a great deal of love for himself um he is looking back in the mirror and he's ashamed and i think even when i mean he said it when they were at the father's funeral if mom looked down at me she would fucking kill me and he he prayed to god that that heaven didn't exist so that his mom could not be judging him he feels things very deeply i'm actually concerned and the fact that the person who is treat being treated like the lion's punching bag a little bit (laughs) it's like damn he gets everyone's revenge first ralph now steven but even him is being like have you checked on steven because i don't think steven is in a good place he's in a place where either other people will get hurt or he himself 
is going to hurt himself and i think if bethany drops this bomb on him like i know what you did and you see that utter disgust in her face that's gonna be like the last straw and and his like he's threw his family away but this is going to be the one thing that gets the rest of his family to turn their back on him and he will be a pariah and he will be all alone and i think that that was something he took as a calculated risk when he made that decision and i think that's another reason why i think that he might be headed to an unfortunate suicide i'm just calling it right now because he is in the nothing to lose category despite ruby loving him very much she's such a sweet girl and of course she would be she looks like a daddy's girl but she um she's not gonna like when she hears what he did this is the second betrayal it's gonna be a hard 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 thing coming back for me but um yeah celeste tries to comfort him and he is not holding back yelling at victor then we have that juxtaposed with his wailing alone in daniel's apartment and that wail was not just about his brother that was about his father that was about losing that but that's about everything that's happened i think he put it in better terms later on when he's speaking to woody in the same way that in the end when uh ulrich was like decided to confess to katarina was it katarina no not katarina it was uh charlotte like i'm a shit father i'm this i'm that i'm the other thing i know exactly what kind of piece of shit i am however i want to try to do something right (laughs) um i don't think we're gonna have that that redemptive moment but damn if he does not feel like yeah this is gonna push him over the edge well i think he's already jumped off the edge to be quite frank so they couldn't scatter his ashes he tells victor because it was raining and apparently that is just the beginning of a long period of rain during 2028 but uh i like that part where she he was saying what graham said he'll turn to mud victor understands his anger and hatred but he says oh i didn't come here for you to validate me i just want to say what i want to say which is basically by him saying you were boring every time you moved and it kept becoming this saga basically he was saying i did not see in you what was worth my brother's life that's what he's saying to him you weren't worth my brother's life rosie and Django. oh god is it Django or Django? i can't even with that name Django. they are well loved up as they say in britain and getting engaged on a park bench amongst the fireworks death has brought some things to perspective for rosie as well as she realizes that their fantasy future of having you know this awesome technology to make our lives earlier and just cool pills and no the reality uh, is that the future seems like a pretty (laughs) dim place 
where everything that's natural seems to be turning against us in some component which fair bananas have died out inflation has risen gas water yup kids uh require 27 types of telly <laughs> i wish my daughter would she she been asking me for hulu for months do you think i paid for hulu no motherfucker you better figure out what i got when on the channels i got she that's y'all not having no fucking control that's what that is but that's a whole that's just that's just us between uh cultures <laughs> 2020 starts with blackouts that have caused the way we get information to <laughs> defect back to the printing press and the gen z's are like what the fuck is this there have been 80 days of raining and flooding that have displaced many people the housing crisis has resulted in viv rook passing the bedroom law where by law if you have a two-bedroom home you are required to take in any british citizen then there's two dirty bombs that cause a panic as many believe it's radiation fran and edith work in housing placement and you see that there are military folks that are escorting people in buses to different homes where they are to now live edith admits to supporting viv rook that she may have fucked up when she made that decision fran's like yeah i told you you was being a dumbass for as smart as you are you fell for the fucking sauce safety net was the word i was looking for on the last podcast when i could not recall what that word was for people that don't understand (laughs) that you know sometimes you gotta be a little bit more street smart grimy whatever the case may be but i think edith is is dealing with that in a lot of ways a lot of ways and that's why she's making it her life's mission her last thing she accomplishes in life to do something about these camps in memory and honor of her brother just in what he did being the one that inspires you know them to to really try to honor what he stood for the some of the things that he stood for and uh, edith is still looking for the story particularly about the people that disappear then apparently ruby called that shit fran and edith are a thing they got introduced to each other because of danny and fran makes it clear look that shit that happened with him that's not my fault that's not my fault at all we had this plan it turns out the whole plan was edith's idea and that's why she blames herself and fran tells her it's not your fault too but (laughs) we'll get to that scene with bethany because i love that scene a lot 
a housing man comes by and muriel admits that it's not that she doesn't want people in her home even though that would be my first problem but she admits she is losing her eyesight and they diagnosed via eye scan on the computer macular degeneration basically she going blind they tell her to make a appointment with the doctor she goes with celeste and is told that she'll be perfectly cured we care shit like that that's not a problem but uh she'll have to wait a minimum of three years but she can be fast-tracked for ten thousand she says uh wow that was the money i was gonna leave in my will to my grandchildren fuck them give me the sur- <laughs> give me the surgery i'm still alive and i want to see the world crash and burn i don't want to miss a thing she started singing aerosmith celeste seemed to approve considering that they are her grandkids that she was talking about but it's your life it's your money you should definitely spend it while you got it she probably been giving loans out for years anyway and ain't she like 98 years old she is taking celeste for granted though as she is the living housemaid with that are you wanting a sandwich give me the good bread and then she busted out a gong clearly she can see and isn't an invalid and every time celeste helps her she runs to the lion's children and talks to them instead of spending that type of quality time with her celeste is a fucking saint is what i'm trying to say she definitely says what's on her mind when she needs to say what's on her mind because she knows she will tell muriel in a heartbeat to shut the fuck up and mean it with her pure soul and muriel has not called her any type of racial slur and i applaud her for that (laughs) so she knows kind of where her role is and how she's being viewed or how someone would view her but she also does have a much closer relationship with muriel they seem to like each other a lot more rosie is told by an officer at her food truck that she is straight up not allowed to be licensed here because they've changed the zones and now her zone is a red zone and the power is being cut short because it's a cesspool of criminals and then she realizes on the street when she sees people are legit making a fenced in (laughs) barrier with officers and shit around the whole block radius that nope they're not keeping criminals from coming in they're keeping our asses from coming out we live off the government we don't have a lot yeah we're being suppressed (laughs) and yeah you're finally putting it together girl you voted for this shit you made it happen to yourself now you feel real stupid and um yeah also the identified police officers very 2020 very much so i will never ever get over the video of seeing a whole group of people just take a woman off the fucking street and then point an ak-47 at their friends and be like don't follow me like i thought i was watching a fucking movie this was real life in an unmarked vehicle and then she came back and was just like i'm fine like she said it in a way to be like yeah i can't really talk about this what happened i probably had to sign a whole bunch of papers just to get out of there 
and i only got out of there is because someone caught that shit on film and put it on twitter and it got enough uh reviews so yeah that's a terrifying thing that we have to think about or that we know is a reality in this world and now you also will need id cards to get into the own your own neighborhood the own place that you have to live lee and mom apparently aren't getting on what did she turn him in for i don't know and then why is this his friends to blame is it because he joined the military i don't know either and they didn't go into it because they don't care about lincoln or lee being actual people in this show and that's fine we have enough going on uh lincoln loves aunt edith and aunt edith loves lincoln and spending time they have a special bond lincoln still has those pigtails and as mimi pointed out yes it would be nice to see rosie as a parent be in some way supportive just verbally saying it not like oh this is happening and i'm just gonna allow it to happen since everyone seems to be fine with it and they've probably told her that you really have to let uh lincoln be who lincoln's gonna be but it would be nice to see her actually parent because we don't and she does seem to be very much focused more on her love life than she does on her children that's all very accurate points i also forgot to point out last episode that who was it uh shy who pointed out that the comment i took to mean in a more derogatory fashion from edith like oh she was so beautiful i i didn't see the other perspective of that and i'm glad you pointed that out to me because that is definitely a a different way like i went immediately to the cynical side (laughs) and that's actually a valid point as well she could have meant it like that and i misjudged the situation because i I think that's a a very valid way to read the scene as well it would have been nice though if we could see some of those relationships with celeste because she is very good to grand and she seems to be a very supportive member of the family but she's not really treated like family and as someone that is african-american and being accepted into a caucasian family and having that you know i'm not i'm family my daughter's family she goes to see her grandma and her grandpa or mimi and papap on her dad's side but i don't connect with those people and they're never gonna see me as family and i'm like half family because of my daughter even when we speak on the phone the rare times we do it's just it's awkward and weird and yeah it's just in those types of situations you're gonna have to be the one to make that effort to make someone who is african-american feel feel secure enough to have a personal relationship even if it is because your grandchild is my daughter so i definitely feel a certain affinity for her edith then visits gran or victor who hasn't said anything about steven and his um his last words to him which is basically everyone saying they love you and want to get you out that's not me and is worried about him but she admits that they've been rather broken apart since daniel's death and that they're going to have a memorial on daniel's birthday grant really needs to scatter those ashes 
and that they're going to invite ralph and we was like oh snaps this is going to come out but no it did not he's also working with her regarding the erstwhile people and that's finally a word she can try to look for bethany is chosen at her job to be funded by the government to get a wafer implanted in her brain and some other things sensors implanted in her hands that turns her into basically a human computer able to interact with any device and while her parents are very confused by this and also reluctantly supportive um she explains that technology her being one with it and that consistent interaction creates a certain joy based on her very real need or addiction to communicate to the web or to many different avenues of thought at one time accessing the web it's a terrifying and absolutely intriguing concept uh uh, maybe about something that will happen to children in the future with this uh dependency because i like that conversation steven had like you know steven and celeste if this was a drug we wouldn't enable our daughter but she's like well if we're gonna blame anyone it's our fault we put screens in front of her from the time she was a baby so and then he's like okay that's a fair point but i like the fact that they had the conversation of is this to blame because we put the screens in front of them that you have children that are no no longer uh connected to real life it doesn't give them the same joy as being connected to to um to reality and i know that it's not every child because clearly this is not across the board on any case in point um even we saw lee i can't believe that's the lee and lincoln they had two l names didn't even know it the whole time that lee he didn't even while he wants 27 tellies he he didn't have that thing on his face he also seemed to have gotten older very fucking quickly i was like damn y'all really did a good job on casting (laughs) showing him much older because he went through a fucking growth spurt and yeah it's um very terrifying this this whole need to communicate that doesn't involve you and i think that alienates him a little bit further from bethany and they've already had a strained relationship much more strained than um than him and ruby and uh, although the tragedy was uh, an opening a bridge so to speak to possibly rebuild that relationship it would seem that his actions definitely uh have the potential of destroying that for possibly permanently i was gonna say forever and ever (laughs) but uh grand no longer really allows him or he doesn't come over and see grant as much because he doesn't want to go and see where his life used to be with celeste he didn't even want to leave the damn house so you know and of course celeste can't help but bristle a little bit at the fact that he has a lane or the fact that he had an affair or that she's kind of been been assigned the help in the house like oh 
it all worked out for everyone else because now i am still trapped in this house alone and now i'm like way to get a love a live-in maid for your mom or a health crawl worker and it is a little it's a little insulting um and he's not meaning to make her feel that way to be demeaned in that manner but it's the situation as seen from the outside looking in no matter what they may feel or even muriel because i definitely think that muriel appreciates her she doesn't show it as much as she should but she does have it a, a huge appreciation for for her kindness it's not unnoticed i should say and her even just letting her know that that's all that celeste really wants because she's gonna be kind no one's forcing her to be kind she does it because she she's a good person and um i think also steven knows that and that's a lot to see the family you want back but you can't get them back because you you destroyed it and i know already i can just hear mimi now i love her so much <laughs> like well he deserve all this shit he i'm not saying he doesn't i do not uh subscribe to that a a you gotta lie in the bed you made motherfucker but as an analysis of the character that's what he is going through that's where his mental space is at the moment lincoln being by himself when she's spying on all the family members in the park like what's that about and i need someone to investigate i'm really mad that no one followed up on that at all at all oh no he's not at school he just in the park but who's he in the park with there are predators out there guys i know that it's foreign concept for you but <laughs> that's that wp coming in coming in clutch steven is also brought low by the fact that his daughter is now owned by the government which is ugh, just a lot of layers to that being a black woman uh, just because the government paid for that surgery they now uh, she's a piece of property to them i mean that's yeah that's a lot to take in um from a history standpoint and the fact that they decided to roll out some of the history in this episode just brilliant writing and uh i looked up the writer for most of the season and he is a gay white man and i have to stand him so hard that i'm like how do you know us so well though i feel like you had a lot of conversations with sisters he then talks about how he used to own places like this so on and so forth he misses his old life so he finally concedes to call someone named woody to ask for a job kind of beg for a job this guy is an absolute ass points out that viv rook's government is a chaotic mess without a plan as they never actually thought they'd win and this is definitely the selling point in them they think they're they're getting a swindle on this government that sounds ridiculous every time you hear it speaking on national television and they think that advantage is going to work for them to clean up the work then he says 
Hong Shao was a hoax. Oh Lord. Steven is like, I can't believe that I'm hearing you say that you believe it's a hoax because you know you say so and it can't be proven that it's not a hoax. He says, No, my sister was there. Was she? She got radiation poisoning. Is she dead? <laughs> what? He tells him he needs a yes man and he needs monkeys to work for him if he is going to work in his office, which he's clearly begging to do. Which means that you fall in line and get called an actual monkey. Say my name, say my name. And this is another thing. The stupid people or the people that somehow get luckily the the wealth or the right type of i don't know power within whatever housing is his particular draw in this case and then they they get people subordinates to work for them this is kind of like billions as well that are much smarter and um are able to get them to to work for them in a way in which they are enriching <laughs> instead of themselves other people but i mean he is not an idiot he even says i've been looking up i've done my research i'm not coming at you like oh no i'm not prepared and i just expect this to happen He's coming to say, you know, I've done my research. I'm good at this. You know, I'm good at this. Yes, I made this one huge, terrible mistake of losing one million pounds, a quid, whatever you want to call it. But it doesn't mean I don't have that same worth that made my millions in the first place. And that's a fair point, but no one will give him a chance. And to do so he has to humiliate himself and then he goes into a whole speech about how he always says yes yes he's fine yes he's doing okay but basically he lost all his money i threw my wife and kids away i'm living with a woman i don't even like yes i'm fine i can say yes all the time he's very much full of self-hatred as i stated earlier Muriel is cured and Celeste just wants to thank you. She is paying rent, right? Celeste? <laughs> I'm wondering. I bet you she do. Muriel calls the family link and invites the entire family for a celebration like the old times, a feast that she will cook because she is feeling much better. The surgery was successful. She can see the world once again and praise Jesus. Hallelujah. But the lions family don't show up and as ruby is going to take her mother out to celebrate her for all the hard work that she does dressed out dressed up way too beautiful with your daughter to be going out but i get it i get it <laughs> um i'm not sure how ruby how old ruby's supposed to be it's not my fault they said she was 15 last so so now i'm like it's only been like a year so she's only 16 was she getting 56 dollar bottles of uh liquor for why she hanging out with grown-ass men in the middle of the day what you mean she's supposed to be in college is college like high school or college like college i'm very confuddled but um 
just as they're going out she does listen and like she's even trying to get like no mom don't do it you're gonna fall but rosie can't get out of her community with john joe john whatever edith is too busy chasing down her story and cementing her legacy to try to make up with all the things that she's done and steven can't say no when work needs him but he will be there for dan's birthday party and the rant in the car of we got chosen go go bring all your white people with you because y'all niggas gotta exit right now so celeste and ruby stay and they said we're gonna get some vodka and we'll hang out with you because we are family we live together and you know no one wants to be lonely alone and she did all that fucking work too and everyone couldn't even cancel in a decent enough time (laughs) bethany really is a spy now using her new capabilities to help aunt edith do some sleuthing and saves her causing a blackout of her own when the security guards get close and aunt edith has an attack from the chemicals in her lungs that are definitely killing her quickly um love the talk between her admitting like it is my fault i'm the one that had the whole plan i thought i was so smart and you know she says dan wouldn't say it's his fault he'd say or your fault he'd say it's his fault because you know i mean because first she says (laughs) first she says yeah and she's like you can't say that she's like well it is slightly you knew how he was he was and i love that she validated me by confirming that daniel was rather self-righteous and self-centered he had a big heart but he also like he could not he wanted what he wanted and that was that and he was gonna crusade that fucking whole romantic ship to itself and it did not hit the conclusion because he just he was not meant for it and and she was not neither one of them were they were dipping in shit that was way above way above that what either should have been dipping into without the experience but um you know they've got to move past what what happened and uh, i like that she definitely made her feel better in the end by saying you know dan's not gonna blame you i will say that it's slightly your fault but dan would never blame you and you know yes you knew how he was but you also know how he was (laughs) and uh, i love that moment between them in a twist of fate and definitely not the chaotic mess he was told steven walks into uh their first meeting with the the fourth party about the housing situation and runs into viv rook who tells him not to be stupid when he mentions how the russian conspiracy is ruining everything and very much insinuates that she's nothing but a puppet who would be killed if she even thought about sailing away in which she does all the time she is a captive but a more importantly of uh an ornament something to put out there (laughs) and not to be taken seriously so that you don't think about the horrible terrible things that are happening behind the scenes and i love how she's going over her paperwork this is just 
two yes men in a room and just having a real moment because he breaks out and he starts talking about steven or yeah steven starts talking he talks about daniel and how he died he drowned and he was stupid and then she asked was he stupid or brave and he says i don't know he kind of was stupid and brave <laughs> at the same time and he's having a hard time dealing with that reality and, and maybe she just said something in him that made her reveal that part because like who what are you gonna do who are you gonna tell but maybe it's because she recognized you're someone smart especially after he said my brother he was dedicated to housing and about refugee status and and how he died and uh helping a refugees on a boat and shit and then um you know also how he really wants to honor that legacy by taking this housing crisis serious like i'm not an idiot i i really want to come up with a real plan to fix things and uh that's why she she was like i'm gonna be real with you in this moment (laughs) and then you have the next scene where you first start off with a woman who seems to be the facilitator selling them on this idea of these erstwhile camps and they're wanting them to to buy them yeah yeah oh my god this is such a, a con it's so brilliantly done in another terrifying manner um these facilities not concentration camps because she brings in that that terminology right and you see immediately what the game is at least i think i see immediately what the game is how i interpreted it and what was really happening is they're using the incredibly stupid and not wealthy but you know definitely those businessmen to push incredibly smart people's agenda i.e the concentration camps to solve the issue of overpopulation and it's her job to sell the idea of how these camps should be run without actually overseeing how these camps should be run it's basically uh what's the word the whole movie on inception she's inceptualizing the idea of um yeah remember part of concentration camps that's part of our fucking history you know brits we would uh that's exactly how we viewed refugee camps all those years ago in africa in south africa is where she said and you know i'm gonna put that idea but you know maybe i've said too much i'm not gonna tell you how to run things but also just know that this this overpopulation issue it's never gonna be solved it's never gonna be over it's only gonna get worse so you know if these people are pestilent and diseased disgusting folks you know we should treat them like they are right and there's nothing wrong with that we've done it before in our history you know we we uh went ahead and (laughs) disappeared those people in those concentration camps just think about those parents separated from their children at the border at the mexican border and right now there's thousands of children just disappeared just gone 
missing? How do you displace thousands of children that you yourself separated from their parents forcibly? And uh, this was just really hitting close to home. A lot of the things she was talking about and how she was very insidiously putting this idea in the minds of people who are so easily so easily um malleable enough to control in that manner i mean they think that (laughs) hung shao was a hoax the same people that think that earth is flat and no and and you know masks don't really help and the the whole coronavirus was just it's a hoax it's just a hoax my stupid ass sister was one of the motherfuckers okay so (laughs) and and these people are she's a teacher she's a teacher i think that was another comment y'all made earlier i think mimi when she was talking about how ralph would say something like the earth is flat you teach children that's the same appalled feeling that i felt like you have children and i i will never forget that she just the middle of the fucking pandemic had her three kids in the car just running all over the damn place like it was in the middle of a fucking pandemic and then she finally was like oh i think this is real (laughs) i can't (laughs) so yeah um it's dangerous how easily people can be inceptualized with ideas that are told to them to people that they they view in a certain kind of way or just because the way she worked the room wasn't stupid she knew exactly what she was doing but she is coming off to everyone like she's not a, a very smart person but in fact she is and um the fact that she's also a puppet is even more um insidious to the whole plan and that's why some people also can't concede because (laughs) knowing you were a puppet all this time and the horrifying shit you put yourself and it's not to say you didn't believe it but you definitely definitely did not leave room for any friends (laughs) she then further confounds on how enormous and futile the problem is to this housing committee and that um they would pick people like woody to be the perfect villains once it eventually does come to light because everything eventually comes to light remember the comment she made i'm not here and I also really like the scene of how they shot it with her coming into the room and Steven looking behind and seeing her sensing this, you know, like, oh my God, she's not as stupid as she seemed on television. And then seeing her put on this show about how Brits had their own Nazi history in South Africa and we know that the settlers that that put themselves on american soil were slave traders former british citizens that wanted the right to own slaves or be this religion or were prisoners (laughs) or convicts and that and were discarded from british society in a sense 
especially after British, well, it was never legal, but after the whole Winbush situation um, in Britain, then that, that conversation came up and then it became very clear that it's not cool to be a slave owner. Not in Britain, they made it illegal and thus many people were not happy with that. And uh, that is where a lot of white nationalism stems from. <laughs> Um, that's why it's such a thing in our history but it's not to say it's it doesn't correlate with a much much larger history and that's the thing about britain that they always try to uh stand on with you know we never had these type of racial problems well um yeah because you didn't actually enact them on the soil even though they were enacted on the soil i believe there was one particular clergyman who had left his entire fortune everything he ended up adopting this young this young black man that he saved from slave catchers because if you were black and you're walking around at some point in time in london you were just uh take it off the street tossed on a boat and goodbye never to be heard from again and it was totally fine not a really a crime at all so yeah um (laughs) that that is the long legacy but you know all those people that were living in the caribbeans on jamaicans all those islands the french had a field day in africa it's always stemmed from a european concept that made its way to america and then it pretty much just uh they they imported a whole fucking continent over to america that's what happened (laughs) and then when it finally boiled down to this really ain't right by the the saner people in the world that finally understood that the the concept of slavery is by far a human barbaric thing to be done then you had a continent of black people what 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 can you do then besides try to make that shit work and it's not been easy goings <laughs> we still got a long way to go steven's entire aura though during that speech oh my god i also love the fact that she didn't at any point in time look directly at him like this is my truth and left the damn room woody falls hook line and sinker getting two sights and then when revenge comes knocking steven answers the door as he now is is an accessory to death camps um (laughs) his uh his job what i mean he was in that room he was in that room he was part of that man's team he saw what he saw i mean i'm sure he had to be feeling more than just horror it had to feel personal he has two black daughters and i don't care that they're mixed they're still primarily in the eyes of anyone looking black and he also had a black wife that he loved and still loves so what they're saying in front of him and the analogy that came with it 
I know that had to compound further like that one moment he had hope that I can do something right something good that possibly may lead to anything productive in my life that that little fire was smited out so very quickly (laughs) and then he figured hell if I'm gonna dance with the devil I might as well engulf my ass in these flames and he sends Victor to one of the erstwhile camps punk ass bitch motherfucker then to Danny's memorial he goes and while everyone spreads ashes muriel says some beautiful words about how he came out to her bethany has been side-eyeing her dad the whole time because she was spying and knows exactly what he did and he smiled This gonna be a good ass finale. Let's get into the feedback. What up, Christina? It's Mimi. I'm sending in feedback for years and years. I just finished watching um episode five i i don't know why but i thought this season only had five episodes i shouldn't say this season i thought this mini series only had five episodes i was actually pretty excited that uh we got more um i don't know how many is going to be in the total i think you said eight but i haven't looked through them because i'm not familiar enough with this stupid app yet and i don't want to be jacking stuff up last time i messed with something doom patrol got flipped out of order so i don't want to do that (laughs) i don't think that'll happen to this app but you never know so i'm just gonna let it play out and it's just i'm just gonna keep going to the next one until it's over um i'm gonna just stick to what i've been doing and just go character by character um i guess i guess i can start with steven because i think i wrote the most for him in my notes so I guess let's just get into this feedback. So um, the, I guess the first thing I want to talk about is the fact that I really feel like Steven needs his ass whooped. Like, not only is this fool sitting here having his mistress at the fucking dinner table with Celeste and, and their kids. Like, oh, I don't know. That whole ass dinner scene just pissed me off. Like, I wasn't mad at any I don't know I mad ain't even the right word I don't even know like I was disgusted is probably the best way to say it like I was truly and utterly disgusted like first of all grandma when did this become okay you literally dragged him for filth and was on Celeste's side now you got this bra at the dinner table wearing some stupid ass paper hat I don't care how big of a person you are. That is not acceptable. I'm sorry, Celeste. I I personally would rather just be bad by myself. Like, I would rather be alone. Like, if she don't want to go back to her, her mom's house in Jamaica, okay. Sounds like, like, I guess her mom is probably 
worse than um oh whatever grandma's name is i don't know but there is absolutely no way on god's green earth that you will find me sitting at a dinner table with my husband's mistress just pretending that everything's okay i understand that danny just died but that does not that does not take away from what you did to me now we just got double grief grief from a ruined marriage and the end of a relationship and grief from the death of uh, my brother-in-law but i'm not gonna be sitting at the table like just uncomfortable because you think it's acceptable for your mistress to be staring at me like i would have jumped across that table and choked his ass out and i know that's not i'm sure shy is like oh that's not acceptable not around the kitchen can't do that i telling you how i am i think i would open the door and saw her and turned around and punched dude in the face like you have got to be kidding me i literally would have packed my shit right then and left it's like you know what i'm not gonna have my kids like pick between us you can come you can be with both of us but i'm not no absolutely not there is no way and then to pour salt in the wound of how much i despise steven he has the audacity to go to this like deport this deportation center to confront victor like his brother wasn't a grown-ass man who made his own choices victor was a whole ass different country he wasn't there he had no he could not say if he was like look danny come get me now danny is a grown-ass man who could say no or yes danny is the one that drained out his bank account danny is the one that kept pursuing this trying to get this man in a safe air area back to london how like i understand that your brother died and you need to blame someone but how are you going to blame the one person that is clearly going through some things not only is he he lost his the love of his life and had to watch him die he probably tried to help him we don't know what victor went through because they haven't they haven't told us yet but we know he was there and he was staring at his lifeless body that can't be great but now you want to sit here and blame him and then go there just to try and drag him man look at yourself you need to get your shit together before you have the the gauze to to drag somebody else steven really won't don't want me to like him because because i don't like by the end of this episode i was disgusted with him like i can't even believe that's the same man we saw like some people just they really just cannot accept anything bad happening to them you lost your money and you lost your motherfucking mind like i i feel like celeste and like cowered into herself so he didn't turn her into someone she clearly couldn't have been there's no way she was this big bright powerful woman that was just full of life like she is not the same person we saw so so they both are just turning into people that that you can't even recognize i just and then like for him to know what this facility is gonna be and deliberately hand, like just wrap victor up and put a little bow on his head and send him to this this deportation site knowing what they plan on doing to him like and then to have that little smirk at the end like oh i i i'm glad bethany knows who her dad is and i can't i can't wait till the next episode because i need to see what's gonna happen i just in the back of my mind hoping that this is something that 
they're planning to do to expose like I just cannot believe that he would turn into this person like I I don't know I just can't and then I got I guess uh, I, I guess Ruby grown now so what has this been a year since Danny died um 2028 I don't even remember what it was it was 2020 yeah it was 2027 so it has been a year um since the last time we checked in with them um who else do we need to talk about uh what is the one oh the changing of the like uh zones and then like they locking people down like that's crazy I huh, I don't know why that's just that is so strange oh my god why am I blanking on people's names I don't know but the the sister um with the cerebral palsy um they like took her like I'm surprised her food truck even prospered it sounds like people are doing god-awful and they're poor I don't even understand how she still has this, this truck a year later it seems like in real life that shit would have done a nosedive who opens a business in a recession like even if it's food like the canes that I saw being built when people were like literally losing like losing jobs and not having money I was like well maybe their idea was to maybe bring people in like maybe we like this is they started building it before we were re-locked down but you still need people to work in it to cook and stuff like that so maybe they're more trying to like thinking that they could run a restaurant and then open up jobs and give people money so I was like okay I I kind of brushed it away but like any kind of like real estate business or like vacation business or clothing like you would be stupid to do something like that in a in a recession and then hers is a food truck which would just be her and then her weird ass boyfriend so I I don't know in real life I don't think that would have been very successful but and then the kinds of food that they be selling sounds disgusting she still ain't had a conversation with her son she looked like she buying him different dresses i wish she would teach him how to do his hair because i'm sick of seeing him ribbons <laughs> and her oldest son is garbage just like we knew he was gonna be he is just trash like that's why it seems like it's been a year because now not only is he not staring at like the television or doing the virtual reality he looks like he's in high school and he's like arguing with her so i trying to think it couldn't have it couldn't have been that long since danny died i know they had him like in ashes but has it been two years was it 2026 or was it 2027 the, like when he died i don't remember what year it was it was either a year or two years i'm not sure but her oldest son is garbage just like i knew he was gonna be and lincoln is full-on wearing dresses and um has his hair and pigtails i wish he would dress better he does pretty ugly dresses um who else did I miss uh grandma with her um eyesight I think it's funny that she spent all of her money on her grandkids on her eyes and she was like I mean because she was when we first were introduced to her wasn't she 90 something they're like should she be like a hundred by now like this is crazy that they making her this old like how is she still alive <laughs> and she looked like she's doing better than most like She's definitely doing better than Steven. Steven looked like he about to die at any second. And that job he took looked like trash. Like, I don't know the Vivian Brooks. Rooks. Rooks. I don't know how we're supposed to take her now since we got like an actual conversation. But the way Steve was fangir Steven was fangirling in front of her. You didn't vote for her and you were talking. Weren't you talking shit about her? 
and now you want to pretend like y'all best friends and y'all at the same party oh my god speaking of which like i know that they had like it looked like a hispanic guy and a black guy in the car with steven and the other white dude but if that did they just seem like some one percenters if i ever seen it like i like i just i don't even know how i'm supposed to take steven at this point like every turn he makes just makes him worse of a person i i don't know and then they they keep making a point to like focus on his face and then he'll have like the con like he'll look like he's not believing the hype but then he'll go along with it and it just keeps happening i i don't i'm a little lost for words for him like who is he um i do like bethany i think it's pretty awesome that she uh actually was able to get the little surgery that she wanted um i gotta admit that i wasn't expecting it to be as cool as it was but she looks like genuinely happy like i don't think i've we've seen her look this excited about anything since we've been introduced to her so i mean i hate to say it but it's kind of cool what they did to her and how she is so in touch with technology um I don't know what that's gonna mean like her hacking skills seem on par I don't know how caught she can get but that'll that'll suck and I I think it's really terrible that her aunt is pulling her into this criminal activity like bitch you gonna die soon Bethany has to deal with the consequences of what you making her do you gonna die and you're not gonna be around to suffer (sighs) I I don't like her either. I might be alone on that, but I just, her need to know stuff and do stuff, no matter who it costs or what, like who she pulls into it is, I have a problem with that. Um, and also I wanna I want to go back and talk about uh, Celeste here because last uh, podcast, Christina, you made a comment about uh, Edith um, saying that uh, Celeste is too good for, um, Steven and I took that comment the same way Shy did I did not take it how you did but now since I see that she has a black girlfriend I kind of think that she was not saying it the way you thought I think she really meant it like I never understood what she saw in him and it didn't make sense that he, she was too good for him I I really think she meant it as a compliment I mean I, I, there's no way for me to know, but I just wanted to point that out. The other thing I want to talk about real quick are like the laws that we, we were hearing, like in the way the world just sounds like it's going batshit crazy, like blackouts, 80 days of rain, like people's house flooding and no bananas. Like what? They don't grow anymore. How do you extinct a whole ass fruit? Like, I don't. I don't understand that the spare bedroom law like that's trash i i don't know just the world is just going into such chaos and 2028 is only what almost seven years away and even though it doesn't seem like that long from the longest year we've experienced thus far who knows what what we can get into so i don't know i'm really concerned about the the course of this world because as crazy as it sounds everything that's happening could really happen it's not like we're watching some supernatural like zombie apocalypse thing that 
you know, maybe possibly could happen, but unlikely to happen. This stuff could all really happen. Like humans are such trash and we do ridiculous stuff all the time. And even the Shanghai thing, people believing that that was fake. Like it was on the news. People saw it. They had to have felt the shake of it because they all did. And now there's a, because it's been what six four five six years later it's it's not really it didn't really happen like what oh lord i i know this feedback was all over the place but that's how i felt watching this show like what the f is happening this world is is going straight to shit and (laughs) the worst part is like i don't even know what to expect like this show has no pattern for me to predict i'm not the best at predicting things but i keep telling that every time this i watch an episode like some off the wall shit happens that i had no way of knowing like oh my god like i just don't know what to expect next like this is crazy so i'm actually looking forward to all the crazy because this show is awesome but it's really so unpredictable and it's just chaotic all of the time So, um, yep, that's all I got. I guess I'll end it here. So until next time, love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, Mimi out. That was Mimi with her thoughts on the episode. So, um, I think I addressed the comment about, about Celeste that, yes, I think I definitely went right to the cynical side mainly because I don't see anyone in this family really standing for Celeste. So this is the first time. Um, and in that moment, I took it out of context. So no, I definitely agree with you guys. And I was wrong in regards to how I interpreted that comment. Now, a few things that I disagreed with on your feedback was some of the situations. Well, I knew you was going to have that visceral reaction to everything Steven was doing. So I kind of expected that feedback. And you're not wrong. Those feelings are, are to be felt. I mean, he's not acting in a way that one would root for. However, I do think that it's an organic decline of the character. I know you said they weren't like this before. Well, yeah, when things are going great and you don't have that stress. I mean, think about the things that piss us off. Uh, Money, (laughs) paying the bills, and being tired all the time or work. When you have those constant things or things aren't going great for you in life, well, yeah, that stress can affect you in a negative way. Some people are better at dealing with it than others. Stephen was never this entire family really was never equipped in a certain way to deal with that stress it actually goes back to also the character of Edith I think that Edith is someone who was born to that WP and knows that she's from that WP and goes out into the world to try to make something of her life that doesn't that isn't just based on her WP like she wants to make a difference that's what she's been wanting to do her entire life so that's why now that her life is coming to an end like she has very little time left as Bethany found out uh, even less time than the 10 years because remember it's supposed to be 10 years and I think it's only been maybe three I think it's been a year for each 
each episode this season i'm pretty sure and yes you're right it's only it's been a year since daniel's death or at least close to six months or so i don't know how close they are how far they were into 2027 when this happened but if they're still mourning this close to christmas i'd say it's probably a few months old um maybe three or four months old because they had the rain for 60 days so that that was two whole months when they were trying to do the funeral so i would say it probably was like in september so it's not like these feelings are not also very fresh and raw and i think me going into the character analysis of just what kind of character steven was to the character that he is has become now is a lot of that um it started off with a certain what it had nothing to do with his family um and i know that we said the same thing last episode oh it's not makes no one feel any better that it didn't mean anything and i know you were stated i think you were the one that was like well no it had to mean something and i think hopefully this episode confirmed like no it doesn't have to mean something some people are self-destructive when they feel that they have little self-worth they get very insecure and self-destructive and i think that in the way that maybe even edith now that i'm putting that comment in new perspective said like oh he was never gonna get a girl like that maybe he always felt that kind of way um like oh she was always out of my league and without me having this that and other thing i don't have much to bring to the table i think that's definitely a feeling of little self-worth and then he made that self-worth in money and then he got this dream girl that was oh so beautiful and gorgeous and had these two children he was very satisfied in his life and satisfaction breeds a a much calmer disposition a different personality and then under the burdens of stress you become you can become a different person and we had celeste having a moment of that too i mean she's not a hundred percent you know i I think you mentioned it like oh how could she be this strong woman and then uh one i think you said allow for what was happening with the mistress situation i i heavily disagree with that perspective because being a strong woman doesn't mean you a forgiveness shouldn't be perceived as weakness and in the scope of things that is happening right now in her life your husband sticking his dick in someone else's vagina that's small compared to death and i can say that from a real life perspective and i know you've probably also been through loss but it is that moment of the things that really matter and the things that don't matter like yeah i'm not happy that this happens at my ta- at my house but also that's where my husband resides or my like they're not divorced apparently apparently they haven't even filed for divorce she just told him to go live over there and we haven't heard jack all about a divorce since then i'm sure there will be a time in which that happens um some people they they have a they take a break they may separate and then may they they get back together i don't think she will get back together with him because he betrayed her trust and i think that is her strength is that i will not let your weakness and your you know what you did to me have that 
power to make me, as you were saying, not be that person. Uh, and I know I was co-signing on how she did it. And I still was like, shit, I don't know. Me and my daughter are rather close, <laughs> but I, to Shai's meaning, yes, we should be as a people striving to be classier than that. And I think that's just what Celeste is doing. She's choosing to be better than that. She will not allow herself to to sit there, especially in this moment where the entire family is mourning. Her children are mourning their uncle. It's not the time to be petty. And yes, no one wants this woman here, but she's also someone or someone involved in their father's life. So it's been a few months. Uh, it's a Christmas celebration. Clearly it's Muriel's home. She didn't have a problem saying, you know what? She can come along because she's thinking about Steven. He needs someone to lean on and it's not appropriate for him. And he shouldn't be leaning on his wife when he did what he did. Um, so I just... I didn't have that same idea about the dinner situation. I just thought this is death and people are still deeply mourning. Um, and you could see that on everyone's face that this still was, was a wound that was festering. And it makes a lot more sense that he would then go out and take that anger out on, on Victor and Victor has his own and I think that's why Victor understands he has his own guilt like yeah this man died for me and yes it was out of love but it still was for me he gave up everything for me and he was a great person and his brother shouldn't not feel the pain that he's feeling the you know when especially when a death comes out of nowhere it's just and they're so young it's really a hard thing to wrap your mind around around especially those months afterwards because you're just replaying it over and over again in his head and he's really stuck in that moment of the loss of his brother i think that was pretty much one of the lowest points he could be at and everything else just keeps toppling and he doesn't he's always being there for everyone else in the family even at when grandma couldn't speak up and then you had edith who wouldn't you had rosie who's crying and then he steps in the void he's done that several times in the last episode so i see him as a very flawed person i don't see him as a villain in the sense that i can hate in the same way i hate marcus <laughs> Um, he does thing, he has done things that are hurtful and have consequences, but I also believe that no one hates him more than he hates himself. And that doesn't excuse any of his behavior. Definitely not. But it definitely, and now I just double entendre myself with two definitely, but it explains the person that he has emerged to be and i think that viv rook thing was the nail on the coffin and as soon as he got the opportunity to to simply be the bad guy 
because now he's officially being the bad guy um he took that opportunity to be patty he allowed that rage those emotions to bubble up and and he he dove off the bridge and i think he he's going to have very much uh, a reckoning coming in coming in when bethany confronts him because that's gonna be also i think uh the thing that and i don't want steven to die because people do make mistakes they make mistakes and that is a part of life i would never want to make a mistake of my own that i can never be forgiven for if i'm still at the core or feeling at the core a good person because a bad person wouldn't be sitting in that room and would be cheering after hearing a woman that is your prime minister talking about concentration camps and how you're going to be managing them uh, not a good person <laughs> is not appalled by this and is like i'm not even touching those fucking sites we're oversight i do brick and mortar we don't care that there's people there and you just see a man watching the world around him become foreign and alien and the only thing he had holding on to he he fucked up uh he threw away and i think bethany and this wake i think it's all gonna come out maybe it's still gonna come out about ralph because he is there um but i have a feeling that shit is just going to to really hit the fan and words are going to be said within this family group that are going to be very hurtful but also um that is how we learn a lot of the time uh learning comes with pain sad to say but it's also uh part of the experience but i don't i don't hate him in the sense that i know where it manifested and it manifested long before he met celeste if that makes sense so take it into context the the idea that this is a woman that's far out of his league and another personal reference mainly because he literally said it to me and look i'm not about to pretend i'm some beyonce (laughs) but that is something my ex made a comment to me about was the first time i met you the first thing i thought was am i out of my league is she too good for me turns out i was and he didn't cheat on me at, at all uh and we still went down a very very dark path in which i don't not do not have a great deal of affection like if it was down to me i would just hate him but because my daughter loves her father i don't make that decision to actively hate him or even try to talk so i think in another sense talking out of the other side of my mouth while i think i want to be <laughs> the ratchet mimi i'm more the shy in that situation um i think that's kind of funny because now that i thought about that and actually correlated with my own real life experience yeah no i I do choose to forgive if not forget 
certain things to allow myself to be a mature adult that doesn't interfere in that parent-child relationship that has nothing really to do with me and it's not my position to poison now if she want to talk some shit (laughs) and i do mean like just ain't that annoying shit i'm all there for that i'm like "Mm -hmm, that's his rules girl i look don't talk to me about how it is that's his house you gotta respect it even though i disagree half the time i'm just not even saying i do i'm like that's that's his house (laughs) um so yeah uh what else did you say that i wrote down um she said uh did she say i thought it was 10 years the hung shall thing maybe i think i think it was only four years ago but it didn't take long after 9-11 for the 9-11 conspiracies to come out it didn't take long for jfk before the jfk conspiracies came out people will when there's a tragedy that is so so monumental there there cannot it's human nature to simply wonder at its reality there's just a sub there's a sect of people who are simply convinced that everything is everything is being controlled and that they have no free will at all and uh they obsess over it it's what the conspiracy i mean it's the people like um what's his name in utopia wilson it's like that's that's what that's the wheelhouse that's what they do and maybe just maybe they stumble over some real shit every once in a while but but a lot of it is obsessing about about life and the tragedy of life and it's all about trying to make sense of a world that does not make sense to them or it's a dangerous place thus they must always be on their guard and then everything becomes it becomes fodder for the conspiracy and that is just not a great way to live at all but it's a a way that people cope so i think i have ratted on enough shy unfortunately did not join us tonight hopefully all is well i thought about waiting but i do have to play catch up i still owe two movies and then i have two podcasts tomorrow and then i still have to do two podcasts on sunday so i am batshit crazy busy so (laughs) i suggest you get your feed back in blackgirlcouch at gmail.com You can find this podcast on Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever else good podcasts can be found. My social medias will be below. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and if you have time, run over to iTunes, rate the podcast, leave a review. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, black or magic.